This is the Shopify Dropify, hosted by The Cut. Hola. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at speaking it Me anymore, neither. But... That's, my, that's me done. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. We have quite a lot of listeners in the, in the US and about 50-50 in the US, Australia actually, so goes to show. Nice. Hello to our uh, North American counterparts. Just somehow we managed to sort of get it out at the right time and yeah, everyone lost their mind and yeah, the right. amount of interstate orders we got that week was probably the best we've ever had. So they're the sort of products we're now shifting our focus to getting. Welcome to the Shopify Dropify, hosted by The Cut, to help e-commerce businesses with interviews and insights from experts and merchants. Hello, welcome back, or welcome for the first time if you're tuning in for the first time. Uh, This is The Cut's podcast all about Shopify. We call it the Shopify Dropify. My name's Ben DeJong. I'm your host. I'm a director at The Cut. Uh, In this podcast, it is another merchant interview, and the merchant we are interviewing is Natalie from La Vida Vegan. They are a vegan specialist business. They have a Shopify online store, of course, and they also have a bricks and mortar store here in Perth. So you're going to find this podcast super interesting if you're a uh, Shopify merchant. Um, Natalie covers a lot of ground from um, choosing products, product strategy, Um, keeping her customers engaged, loyalty programs, all sorts of things. Um, You'll find it even more interesting if you're in the food game um, in any way, shape or form because obviously La Vida Vegan are all about vegan food. So without further ado, let's jump into this interview with Natalie from La Vida Vegan. Thanks for listening in, guys. So hello, Natalie. Please introduce yourself and tell us about your e-commerce business and in your case, your physical business as well, um, when you launched, how you got started um, and what you specialize in. Sweet. Hi, Ben. Um, so I have a vegan grocery store called La Vida Vegan. Great name. Um, thank you. It's like a song. It's like a Spanish song it is, a little like bit. like Live in La Vida Vegan. But it also is very memorable and catchy on the ear, I've always thought. Yes, I think so too. And um, I love... The Spanish language, so. Um, Olé. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at speaking it. Me anymore, neither. That's my. That's me done. Yeah. No, it's pretty good. Um, so we have our online store, which we do deliveries of all of our products um, in the Perth metro, and yep. also all of our shelf stable products across Australia. Okay. Um, we also have our physical store, which is in Subiaco. And, um, yeah, we've just moved there in November last year. We had a little store in Wembley, which we were at for three years and basically just outgrew. And tell everyone where you are right now then. We are at 60 Coglin Road in Subiaco, just near the office works. Very good, just up the road from us. Yes. About 200 metres away. Yep. Um, I don't think you need to talk about what you specialise in because you obviously specialise in vegan. Yes. And so that will lead very nicely into what inspired you to start your business. And I know the answer to this already and probably people can guess. Yes, I'm sure most people could guess. Yep. But definitely uh, from an animal welfare, welfare perspective yep. is where my motivation and my passion comes from. 
So I've always worked with animals. Um, I've been a zookeeper, I've been a vet nurse, I've worked overseas with primates and hand-raised cheetah cubs. I did not know all this sort of stuff. I wow. do wildlife caring on okay. my um, spare time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's for me, it's always been about animals. Yep. And I just thought, well, what is a way that I can you know, help save more animals and try and run a successful business at the same time. Very good. And needless to say, you're a vegan yourself. Yes, definitely. And have been, I think I saw on your website, since at least fairly early childhood. I've been a vegetarian since I was nine. That's right. Um, and then I switched to veganism, I think, about five years ago. Okay. And that was another reason for the business as well, is sure. that Perth is just lagging behind in terms of the uh, vegan options. Yep. Um, so pretty much every other state has their own vegan grocery store. And when I looked at it, we didn't have one. Yep. And I thought, why not? And so I started one. And are you still the only one? Yes. Okay, awesome. So that's a very, very big, unique point of difference. It is. My wife was telling me just this morning that one of the big burger chains, and I will not mention their name, now has a... I can't remember what they call it, but it's a no-meat burger. Yes, I'd say it's probably the Beyond Burger. Yeah, maybe the Beyond. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they're all doing it. But anyway, yes. I hadn't actually heard that, so I thought that was pretty fascinating. So it's or obviously... the Impossible Burger. That's it's, the one. That's in the US. Yeah. Oh, that's in the US. It hasn't okay. come to Australia yet. But it was the Impossible Burger. Yeah. That is what I'm it was. I'm sure it's not far off. No, I, I imagine. So, um, yeah, that's all really interesting. And obviously the whole vegan thing has exploded over the last sort of five plus years, hasn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, so we, with our podcast, we always like to sort of focus on helping other merchants mm -hmm. who are very, very often people just like you. Mm -hmm. um, we have quite a lot of listeners in the, in the US and about 50-50 in the US, Australia actually, so it goes to show. Nice. Hello to our uh, North American counterparts, um, all 50 or 60 of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but our aim is to sort of help other merchants and e-commerce business owners and potentially marketers um, with advice and insights because merchants... Merchants love hearing from other merchants, as yes. we always see at our meetups, and you know yourself because yep. you come along. So if you could go back to the start of your business now, mm -hmm. what's something key that you would do differently? To be honest, there isn't much that I would do differently. Okay. I am pretty happy with how I started and where I've ended up. Okay. Um, going from someone that has no business experience um, has never run a business, has never done anything of that description. Yep. Um, to where I am now, I'm actually, I'm pretty pleased and there's not too much I would change. Um, probably one thing would be to invest a little bit more money in technology from the start. So when I say that, like our first point of sale system was like this giant archaic um, block. Okay. Um, did the job. Yep. Highly unattractive to the eye, but very good at doing what it needed to do. Okay. And if I had started with something like Shopify or something a bit more, I guess, cloud-based and, sure. you know, a lot easier to manage off-site as well, would have probably made my life a a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, okay. So technology choices. Mm. So yeah. you were you selling online before you moved to Shopify then? 
Yes. You were okay yes. using another platform yes. that was not as not as smooth sailing. Definitely nowhere okay. near. Okay. Um, so if you were to, if you were talking to a merchant who were about to start or have just launched uh, their business in any sector, where would you say they should be focusing their attention in sort of the first six to twelve months of their of their e-commerce business? I think definitely building the customer base yep. and that for us again goes back to not having that technology from the start. Okay. Um, we would have had a much bigger database had have we gone down that route to start with. Yep. And I think that's pretty important and in terms of all your marketing and everything, it would have been a lot easier to to kick that off with a bigger database instead of sort of having to try and figure out how we're going to reach all these potential customers. Yeah, okay. Um, but you were telling me earlier that you've got a fairly solid database now, yeah. Yeah. but in the beginning it wasn't a focus. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it okay. was, yeah. And we're getting going to get into that lifetime value of a customer thing a bit later on, which yep. will probably connect to what we're talking about right now, but that's, uh, that's all good. So you're now four to five years into the business, yes, is that right? Yes, coming up to our fourth year. Okay, so for someone else who's not at the startup stage but might be in their third or fourth year of the business, where would you tell them to be sort of focusing their energy at that stage of their, their journey in that case? I think definitely, um, like I was saying before, find what you do well yep. and do that. Yeah, niche. Yes. And sticking to a niche. Sticking to it. Not yep. trying to sort of out better people or maybe looking at the competition. Yep. Um, just focusing on what you do yep. and do it well. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. It's easy to look at other people and think, oh, should I be doing that? And then you start to get all insecure and you wonder, well, yep. why aren't I doing that and why are they doing well at that? Whereas if you decide what your focus is and stick to it and keep pushing that forward and even making your niche more and more pointy, yes. particularly in e-commerce, that can be a very, very powerful thing. Yeah. Makes it much easier to, to remember. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one good thing about your brand, I will say, is that the name uh, very clearly identifies your niche, doesn't it? Yes. But even within vegan food, you could have a, another sort of sub niche and, and and push that as well because yeah. it gives someone. It's easier for people to latch onto something if it's a simpler. Um, I guess, more minimalist offering, really. Yeah. Well, that's why we chose to put the word vegan in our name because, you know, there's a lot of thought, I guess, with some people that vegan is a dirty word yep. and you will um, put some customers off if you use it in your business. Mm -hmm. um, that's why a lot of brands often go for plant-based or yep. meat-free or, sure. you know, something like that. But yep. I'm just like, we want people who go, oh, I wouldn't mind going vegan yep. to just be able to go vegan, vegan, and know exactly what we do. Um, if you could name one thing that's most crucial to making e-commerce work, talking about niching, if you could name one particular thing that's, that's for you been the most important, what would it be? I think definitely usability on our website. Okay. I think for you or for the customer? For the customer. Okay. I think the most feedback we've had is focused on what the users want and it's it's even like really specific things like people will ask um, for 
a Zoom function sure. on the products so sure. that they can go in and they can actually read even though the ingredients are listed yeah they still want to go in and they still want to have a little read it from the label yes yeah okay and i guess um with nutritional content and stuff like that people really just want all these little unique features yeah and i guess the more of those you can add to make it a better shopping experience the better it is yeah so user experience for your customers and the shopping experience on your website yeah yeah, very, very good. Um, and the earlier anyone starts to look at that and taking feedback from customers, the, the further advanced they're going to be. Definitely. The earlier in their business cycle, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you sat down and maybe like did a poll with some friends or even yep. potential customers yep. when you start your business and say, what are your ideal things that you want out of a website? Like the other day, I saw a post about the little pop-up things. Yep. That for says, newsletters such or and promotion. such has just bought Oh, sure, yeah, this. yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. And the amount of people that were just like, I hate those. Yeah. If I see those, I leave the website. Wow. And I'm like, well, I didn't, I wouldn't have even considered that. And this yep. is not like a my website specifically. It was just somebody else's, yeah, okay. hey, what do you think about these? I wonder if that's universal or not because they're very popular. And you can understand that it triggers that fear of missing out because you can yeah. see people are buying and people are buying and it shows it. It's like an endorsement, isn't it? Because, oh, this, this website must be legit because I can see lots of other people buying from yeah. it. I don't know about that one. I think consciously you might hate it, mm. but I wouldn't be surprised if subconsciously it's still highly effective. Yeah. But I don't know that for sure. Yeah, see, those sorts of things I find really yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. I've not heard that, but, of course, I'm very familiar with it. Um, so let's just touch on Shopify really, really quickly, which we've already mentioned, but you didn't start with Shopify from the beginning. I did not. So how long were you with the alternative platform for before you switched over? So it would have been um, just over a year. Okay. Um, it took us, like the the website took ages to build. Yeah. I didn't build it, obviously. The original one. The original yeah, one. Yeah, okay. Um, and obviously putting on all the products and descriptions and ingredients and all that sort of stuff took a really Big long job. time. Um, but apart from that, the person that I got to build the website was completely dodgy and oh. just would not um, – it just wasn't a very well-functioning website. Okay. Anything that I wanted fixed, he wouldn't fix or right. he wouldn't return my emails. And basically I paid a set rate to get a website, which was crapola. And after that, everything stopped. Yeah. There was no follow-up. There was no... Yeah, it was just yeah. like, he, yeah. And I'm like, well, how do I change this? Like even just a simple colour or something. Sure. And it would, took like three weeks and he's like, oh, you just do this as if I should know that already. Sure. Mm. If it's any comfort, you're not on a desert island having that experience. <laughs> it's very, very, very common story. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, when you're at that startup stage, a low price is extremely attractive. Yeah. Um, but potentially, you know, merchants, when they're starting out, they just don't understand the complexity of websites and what yep. happens behind the scenes and how complex e-commerce is in its very nature. And so they choose on price and, and then often they end up getting burnt. And, and so was that, it was that burning for you what pushed you over to Shopify then and made you how you had to move away almost by the sounds of it oh, to the original solution yep. so, yeah so okay. you know I I'm have a lot of experience in admin so yep. I use computers a lot and yep. I'm pretty good with that sort of thing sure but just trying to work out 
simple things on this on the previous back end side, yeah. was ridiculous. I'm pretty sure I know what platform it would have been, but mm. we won't name names no. because we're not that type of people. But yeah, I hear I hear you, and and so like. I mean, I guess those are your surprises when setting up an online business covers off the bad experience was obviously surprising and incredibly disappointing. Yes. What was the what was the you know, the alternative experience like when you switched over to Shopify then? It was really good, like every aspect of Shopify I've really enjoyed and that's one of the things I really like about running my business is all of the things I do myself. Yeah. And the fact that with Shopify, you can do them yourself. Absolutely. Like, and everything is just so easy. And like, although you can make it the most magical, wonderful website possible, and you would definitely need help to do that. Yeah. Just basic things. Absolutely. To have that control over your own website is is highly appealing for me. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. it is for everyone. Yeah. And not only having that control, but the fact that the control overall is fairly simplistic and yeah. easy to do. And, yeah. and most people can pick it up. Yeah. And their support is yeah. ridiculously totally. good. Totally. Both from within Shopify and just from the general community around, the, around Shopify, yeah. So what were the most important lessons you learned during the early stages then? <laughs> Again, coming back to yeah. spending time choosing your technology yeah. more carefully. Definitely. Cheaper is not better. Yeah. Um, and the reason I did go with Shopify is because of the point of sale system that okay. they have as well. Okay. So, Are you using Shopify point of sale? Yes. Okay. Yes. So we've used that for... Um, Three years? Two, three years? Yeah, we use that from the start as we've soon just, as we join Shopify. We've just put in a demo set downstairs it's really uh, good. of the Shopify POS so we can show people how it works. Yeah, I really yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it all integrates with the online store and all your inventory yep. and, again, very easy to manage. Yep. All your gift vouchers, all your um, discount codes, all yep. that sort of stuff that applies to your website, applies to your point of sale. Um, and yeah, at the start when I was trying to manage an archaic point of sale system that was not cloud-based yep. with trying to work around this dodgy online store and change all the inventory manually and all this other stuff. Oh, so much bad. time. Yeah. So much time wasted. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, I think, um, you know, cheaper is not better, but, no. but more to the point, cheaper is often more expensive. Yes, <laughs> unfortunately, especially in terms of your time as well. Totally, totally. Yeah. Which is a huge, which is a huge factor when you're a small business and yeah. you're running it with you and, and your partner or a very small team. Which, which, let's face it, most merchants are in that situation. Yeah. So, can I just really quickly ask, how did you find Shopify? Google. You Googled it, yeah. saw the reviews. Yeah, I just looked at reviews, looked at comparisons, yeah, looked at a couple of other online. Um, sites that could sort of integrate with different point of sale systems as well yep. Yep. and it just seemed the logical option like the point of sale system back then didn't have a very good review okay um, I think primarily because they just started it sure we're still you know fixing everything but yep, yep. Yeah, I swear by it. I love it. Yeah, that's great. And it's about to evolve again. Sweet. Um, so let's talk about products and people because at the end of the day, e-com all, all comes down to products and people. You clear nation and find the people who are right for your nation want to buy from you. So can, can you share your thoughts on that general idea in terms of your business and your products and the people who you look to engage with? Yeah, definitely. So our idea with our online store, which is why we've 
just switched to doing our own deliveries okay. is to give our online customers the exact same service that they would get if they came into the store. Okay. So when we first started sending out our Perth deliveries, we went with a cheap courier company mm-hmm. who would often leave chocolate in the back of the van overnight and refrigerated products. Right. Just, yeah, it was terrible experience. Um, and obviously we don't want our customers to have that experience. Definitely and not. So, you know, we wanted to put more of a focus, even though it would cost us more money to start with, put more of the focus on delivering that customer service with the online service. Sure. So you just don't get your package dropped at your door. You get someone that if you wanted to have a chat to about the products that you've just ordered, they're standing right at your door. Okay. Um, pick up your Esky and return it and get a refund. And um, you're also, you know, being a bit more environmentally friendly by reusing and just all of that sort of stuff, trying yep. to make our online customers feel more like a customer than a number, I Absolutely. Guess. Yeah. Perfect. And that's, I mean, we're huge fans of of extending that experience from the interface of the website right through to the to the product arriving on the doorstep in yeah. whatever way, shape, or form yeah. that is. Um, obviously, a lot of a lot of custom a lot of merchants won't have their own delivery people, but at the same time, you can still put nice brand touches and experiential type touches into your packaging yeah. with welcome cards or a little note or a, or all sorts of things like that, which just go to reinforcing that experience. And as you say, it's it's bringing the online experience up to a par of what you would hope to deliver if it was a one-on-one type thing. Yeah. So what was the key to your product strategy when you were starting up La Vida Vegan? Um, Back then, it was basically just about getting vegan products because there were very few and far between in Perth. So Um, you found your niche? Yes. And did you have a specific focus on any like sub-niche or specialisations within vegan? Like how broad did you go with it at that time or what was your sort of startup strategy to get the business up and running? Um, The startup strategy was pretty much just to get in the things that weren't available. Okay, um, in supermarkets. In supermarkets, yep. um, which we have a lot stronger focus on now because the competition is ramping up. Okay, and, from know, the, supermarkets Yeah, the, bi- yep. the big name supermarkets yep. are riding that vegan train as much as they can. Sure. So our product focus has shifted from, you know, just any vegan product that you can't get a hold of to very specialised okay. vegan products. Like the other day we got in um, some Chico Babies. Oh, like the little you know, jelly ba- yeah, chocolate little jelly chocolate babies. Yeah, yeah, jelly okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't had a Chico Baby for 25 years. And is that the real ones? They are vegan or is this a vegan no, version No, so this is of... the vegan version okay, yep. of the Chico Baby. Yep, yep. And... Because yeah. normally they'd have gelatin in them, right? They actually have um, milk in them, though. Oh, they have ones. milk in them too? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I always thought they had gelatin, but apparently they don't. Oh, right. Um, so yeah, that um, yeah was basically viral all over Facebook. The fact that even though that another store in Australia was already selling them, okay, just somehow we managed to sort of get it out at the right time, and yeah, everyone lost their mind. And yeah, the right. amount of interstate orders we got that week was probably the best we've ever had. So they're the sort of products we're now shifting our 
focused to getting okay. because we obviously can't compete with supermarkets in terms of pricing. Yeah. So I don't really see a point in doing that. Sure. And just trying to be getting those specialist things. Yeah, so that more specialist, wants. more exotic vegan yeah. products that you know there's a demand for though. Yeah. yeah. And gluten free. The amount okay. of gluten free people these days is yeah. they're hectic. everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. Um so that kind of covers my next question, which is about how you're shifting and evolving your product strategy. Um, has there been any major changes to the way you present your products online? Like what lessons have you learned around that, like in terms of photography or product information or even categorizing and filtering? What, what sort of lessons have you learned in that sort of space? Um, tagging. They're putting the tags on okay. and building them into collections. Yeah. Um, to help customers filter. To help customers yep. filter is probably where our focus is on there. Good tip. And so let's just clarify how many SKUs do you run? Oh, um, 3,000. Yeah, so a lot, which yeah. is where I was going. So with that many SKUs, it's very, very important to have a well kind of organized tagging system which yeah. pushes through to the way your customers can search. Definitely. Yep. Um, yeah, so we just try and make it as easy as possible. Like someone said to me the other day, I just love that I can go onto your website, type in soy free, and all the products come up. Yeah, okay, awesome. So they, yeah. could go, they get their own effectively sort of little custom category or collection based on that yeah. search term. Yeah, and even if it's not completely obvious in the menu layout, yeah, um, yeah, they just type it in the search function and it finds it. And I guess with that sort of person in your sector, they're repeatedly going back and, and, and filtering by that same key, right? Yeah. Because it's a dietary requirement that isn't really going to shift too much. Yeah, definitely. Very, very good. Um, and how is it to un how important is it to you guys to understand your best potential customers and exactly what they want in terms of the way you set up your site, the products you're ordering or the new products you might be looking at? I guess that's another thing that's constantly evolving as well. Yeah. Um, and definitely, again, evolving from the demand that's driven from the competition um, in that people don't want to see us selling things that they can get in the supermarket down the road. Sure. They want to see unique things that they can't get anywhere else. They want to see um, like really interesting things like as soon as something comes out in the US, yep. we get, you know. You get inquiries. We get inquiries. Yeah, when, okay. we, when can you get this in? Can you yeah, get this right. in? Yeah, right. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's always that sort of thing. Um, and even like different, um, I guess, environmental values that work alongside veganism like palm oil right. is a big issue and we've always had a stance on palm oil or that we don't stock any products that okay. don't have sustainable palm oil. Sure. So if your palm oil is not traceable, I don't care how popular that product is and how much money that's going to make for me, I'm not going to stock it. Okay. Um, so I think just, yeah, trying to get as much into the little veganism bubble that you can yep. to make it so it suits everybody. Yep. Yeah, and that's when you're gluten-free, you're soy-free, 
your nut free, all of those sorts of things go in there as well. The so, add-ons that come yeah. on top of the vegan, uh, the vegan food. Yes. Um, that's very, very good. Thank you. Um, I was going to ask, so with the inquiries about the US launch, the new products when they come out, like how quickly or practical is it for you to respond to those requests? Like, Oh, I respond straight away. I mean, say... but in terms of ch- changing <laughs> your inventory to get them in. Oh, well, because we work through distributors, yeah. we're pretty limited as to what we can actually do and how quick we can get right, things. Okay. So as soon as I know where the product's coming from. You'll investigate. I'll investigate. Yep. I'll say to that particular country's distributor, have you got this on your list? How long do you think it'll be? Okay. And then you, yeah. So basically, if it's coming from, if it's just been released in the US, I can basically tell you it's going to be about nine or 10 months till it gets oh, to Australia. Oh, wow. That's a long time. And then it's probably going to be another two months before it gets to Perth. Yeah, right. And <laughs> so, is that all because that has to go through assessments around importing and food safety and all that sort of stuff? There's or? a lot of different factors. Yeah. Like um, with one of the major um, meat replacement companies in the US, they could not keep up with demand. Right. So they're obviously not going to worry about us in Australia. Sure. They're going to feed their demand Absolutely. where they can. Absolutely. And then any Thing left over, we will get then. Yep, yep. So down under. Yeah. Down the bottom of the list. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yep. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, so let's go. Um, I mean, it's always interesting to talk to people about the physical store or the bricks and mortar store versus the digital store. And yeah. we're saying, like in general, in e-commerce, that a lot of successful e-commerce businesses are now going back the other way and opening mm. bricks and mortar stores to give people a physical experience of their brand and products. I yep. noticed Kelly Slater's out and own brand did it the other day, but it's a very, very common trend. And, and obviously I should um, say that it's probably something that the very big and very successful high volume businesses are doing, but yep. even in the smaller space, they look to pop-ups and those sorts of things to give that physical. So Definitely. with your physical grocery store and your uh, your Shopify store, can you tell us how they're different and how they're the same? Yes. So like I was touching on before about giving the online customers the in-store experience, yep. I guess that's where we're trying to make them the same. Yeah. The online customers have access to every single product that we stock in the physical store. And is that product inventory exactly the same physical to digital? Yes. It is, is it? Yeah, yes. okay, yep. Yes, so um, yes, that all works seamlessly yep. in terms of inventory, so that's fantastic. Yep. Um, yeah, things like ice cream, obviously, you're not going to send that anywhere but no. people can still on the online store see that we've got it in the um, physical store yeah so if they were desperate for it they can just go oh, well I'll just have to go in and buy it myself can you do like a, an online order for them to pick that up yes yeah, so yeah. we have a click and collect yeah click and collect yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. okay well, that's uh, that's very very cool um, and do you have any strategies that sort of bring the physical and digital stores together in any way? Like, is there anything that they can do in the bricks and mortar store that's linked or part of the website, for example? I guess the loyalty program is probably sure. the biggest one yep. because they shop on in-store, they shop that's online. Same, same. They, yep, yep. they get the exact same points. And gift cards the same. Are the same. Yep, yep, the same with the gift cards. Okay. Um, yeah, that's probably the biggest... Thing. And I was going to ask with 3,000 or so SKUs, yep. 
do you how evenly is purchasing distributed across them on the website? Um, or are there some groups of products that account for sort of a huge percentage of your revenue? Definitely groups. R- which are those groups yep, out of interest? So definitely your confectionery. Right. Yep. Um, and your meat replacements. Yeah, okay. Yep. The, yeah, they're probably the two biggest categories. Oh, and the um, cheeses. So and so uh, if it's sweets or confectionery, meat replacements and cheeses, what percentage do those three groups make approximately of the 3,000 SKUs? Um, probably, ooh, I'd say a good, they make up together at least 50%. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Very, very good. So um, we're going to talk about customer value now. Um, but lifetime customer value starts about the value of a customer who stays loyal to your business over time. And it obviously comes out of the concept that it's much easier and more efficient to get an existing customer to come back and purchase from your business than it is to attract and draw in a new customer. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what you think about that and what's your experience of that? I think it's uh, very true. Mm -hmm. I think our repeat customer rate, I'm not sure if there's an industry standard or anything, but I think ours is pretty good. Yep. I thought you were going to give me a statistic I there. I was going to because <laughs> I just looked at it the other day. Yeah. I think it's about 70%. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know what the industry standard yeah, is, but I'm either, sure there is one. Yeah. And we must look that up. I think, um, and I think that's built upon our first store when I was in there 24 hours a day, seven yep. days a week. Yeah. I have a very good memory for people's names. Yeah, okay. So I can... You know, even today, like four years on, I can see someone in the shop and go, oh, hey, such and such, how are you doing? You were born for customer service with that (sighs) skill, weren't you? Yes, clearly. I wish I had that skill. I am, if anything, the opposite. (laughs) I'm a nightmare. I need lots of repetition before that name gets embedded in my brain, unfortunately. Yeah, so I think stuff like that is is how we built that repeat customer base. Yeah. Um, Were you aware of that whole concept when you started no. La Vida Vegan at all? Not really. The, okay. The first time I heard it was probably, I don't know, maybe two years in. Yeah. And apart from having a natural sort of inbuilt instinct for give, for pleasing people and bringing them back to your business, did, is, was that when you started to look at actual strategies like, you know, digital strategies that were based around retaining customers and attracting them back again? Yeah, so the I think we started with a loyalty program um, when we first introduced Shopify. Yeah. Um, and it just exploded. And so that was sort of the factor where I was like, well, this actually works. Sure. And that Which app do you use, can I ask? Right now we use Marcelo. Oh, yeah? Yep, so we've been... Through a few. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I'm really happy with that app at the moment because of the MailChimp thing. You're still using MailChimp? No. Oh, you're not? You've moved because on. Marcelo Oh, that takes care themselves. of it. Okay, perfect, yeah. perfect. So that was handy to have when that no longer worked for some reason. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, it still does work, but you just need but a third-party app extra... and it's not quite as clean yeah. and tidy anymore. Yeah. We've recently started working uh, quite a lot with... Um, Clavio. 
I am. Yeah, and actually, yeah. when we were in Toronto, we met some really nice blokes from Sydney who have a review app called Okendo. Mm. It's a really nice customer review app that has a lot of different layers in in terms of what you can do with requesting reviews and gathering data about that customer is feedback. That I wanted to look into yeah. was a review app. Okendo, O K E N D O. I'm going to see Plug them in it. Sydney a couple of weeks <laughs> away, and they're very very nice guys, okay, and they're doing well, and it's got some really cool and clever additional functionality to it. Yeah. Um, and it is a bit of a plug, but hey, who cares? They're nice guys and it's That's clever exactly technology. Right. So what what strategies oh well, is is loyal is the loyalty program the only real tangibly deployed strategy you're using for customer retention at the right moment? Right now, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Definitely need to step up that game though. Yeah, and start looking at some flows and automations and yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and let's uh, before we wrap up our last topic with Natalie from Levita Vegan. I have to really think about Levita Vegan and make sure I don't muck it up every time. <laughs> like the name thing rising up again. Yep. What sort of marketing do you invest in um, mostly? And by investing, I, I mean if it's time and you're doing it yourself, or if it's money and you're you're paying hard costs or for a, for another supplier. Yeah. Um, um, definitely another area we need to step up our game in is yep. the marketing. Yep. Um, I currently do all of the social media stuff myself. Yep. Um, and Are you doing paid campaigns and boosting? And When I get the chance, yep. I will. Um, and I've done a little bit of workshopping and stuff on paid ads and okay. boosting posts and stuff like that. And yep. just the thought that you have to do the paid ad rather than boost the post because it's so much more effective. Sure. It's stuck in my brain. And you get more control. And, yeah. Yep. And then, but obviously that's a lot more work For than sure. just pushing a button and going, yeah, let's uh, totally. that. Yeah, definitely. So then that sort of... But, is, the, but the effect should be more, it should be more effective. Yeah. 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 But then I just don't get time and uh, okay. blah, blah, blah. Yes. <laughs> um so, yeah, it's something that we definitely need to get more into. We are trying to get on top of newsletters to make sure that, you know, when we get cool new products or if we've got something on sale or something like that, that we're getting that info out to those customers um, that may or may not look at social media so much. Yep. Um, and also just for the people that look at social media to give them that little reminder. Yep. Um, yeah. But definitely, uh, we do a lot of expos and stuff like that. When, yeah, okay. So physical. They, yeah. Which and are, do they work for you? Yeah. And definitely. do you gather emails and, and data from those when you're engaging with people? We used to, but we haven't in a long time. Generally, they're just so hectic that... You don't have time to yeah, take that detail can, down. Yeah. You just hand out the business cards. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. But you're running a stall or a booth yeah. with them? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and we're, we're, it's basically like a mini shop. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, how do you drive traffic to your website then? Is Social it, media. Yep. Um, I always make sure I tag things like yep. on Instagram with the product tags yep. and make sure I put a link on the um, Facebook posts to that actual product. Yep. I find that works really well. Very good. Um, and it's also really beneficial for people who have questions. Sure. So you can just go, hey, just check out the link. That's got the list of ingredients there. Yep. Um, yeah. You can see all the details on there and you can always just point people towards 
the website. Yeah, brilliant. That sounds yeah. good. No SEO, no AdWords. I do AdWords. You do AdWords, yeah. Well, I pay for AdWords. Sure. <laughs> and you do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah I had yeah. a consultation with a Google AdWords person yeah. who was actually surprisingly re- really helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I look at the statistics and I don't know if I believe the statistics, but they seem okay. Okay. I spend very minimal on it though. Sure, okay. Um, and what about favorite apps and plugins? Do you have any that you would like recommend to someone out there who's, you know, maybe in a similar sector or just starting out and wondering what some good dependable ones are that might be at that, you know, foundational level where you really need to have them? Yes, I absolutely love um, the postcode shipping extension okay. app. Okay, I've heard people talk about that before actually. So good. Yeah. Um, I couldn't really function very well without it. Yep. Um, and the guy that runs the app is so ridiculously nice. That um, helps. Yes, and he's always very helpful and always happy to to give you a hand. Um, so that one's really good. Um, the Zero app, as boring as it is, yep. it just makes as essential life as it is so much easier for yep, me for sure. Um, so I do all my bookkeeping myself as yep, well. Yep. Um, so that just makes everything work. I didn't set that up myself. Definitely get a bookkeeper to set that aspect of it sure. up for you. And then or you else... can go and run with it. Yeah. yeah, and then you just use it really easily. Yep. Um, I know a very good bookkeeper who specialises in all sorts of integrations like that. Yeah. I won't name drop, but if anyone no. in Perth wants to know who that is, give me a call. Yeah, definitely because, yeah. You're, you're dead right. It's great to get someone to yep. deploy it, show you how to use it, and then away you go. Yep. Um, yeah, so I... I have heaps of apps. I'm a little bit app obsessed. Oh, well, I really like Marcelo. Yep. The loyalty app program. Yep. Um, so that has all the features and stuff that I need. And oh, what's the other one that I use? One that's not Shopify, but okay. if you're doing a delivery service, yep. is D-Track. D-Track. Yep. I think I've heard of that as well. That's for order tracking. No, it's oh. well, yes, it's for de- it's delivery tracking. Sure. So basically, it goes onto your I phone. I mean, that's what I meant. Delivery yeah. tracking, not order tracking. Yeah, different things. So it goes onto your phone. The driver takes the phone with, and it tracks yep. it every yep. bit of the way. It's yep. got the little thing where you sign for proof of delivery, sure. all that sort of stuff. Awesome. And they tell me they're integrating with Shopify by the end of the year. Okay, D track. So, yeah, that makes me super excited. Go D track. Mm. All right. Well, that brings us to the end. Sweet. Natalie, it has been very, very interesting and I feel healthier just having talked oh, about good. so much <laughs> vegan food for half an hour or so, so that's Cleaned great. your arteries. I must admit I am not a vegan or a vegetarian, although I am a big fan of meat-free Mondays and vegetarian meals every now and then. Good work. I think it's a good helps. thing. Um, thank you very much for coming on our podcast. No worries. Thank you for uh, having and me. And thank you for supporting our meetups. I think you've been to five or so mm. and you seem to enjoy them and get a I lot do. out of them, which is awesome. Um, yeah, so thanks for joining us and we will connect with you again sometime soon in Shopify land, I'm sure. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. So there you have it, another great chat with another real-life Shopify merchant, Natalie from La Vida Vegan, joining us here on the Shopify Dropify. Um, 
please, guys, if you're loving what you're hearing, drop us a review, tell your friends to subscribe. But even more so, um, if you want to get on board and tell your own story or if you're an agency, a Shopify specialist, a Shopify app developer, we would love to chat to you on our podcast. So please get in touch with The Cut. We have heaps of content and content contact points on our website at thecut.net.au. So please reach out to us there. Reach out to us on LinkedIn. Um, find us on Facebook and Instagram. Keep an eye out for our meetups in Perth if you're in Perth. Um, and we're always happy to chat to help merchants um, to grow, get more out of their Shopify websites. We're here and we are here to help. Thanks for listening in again and we will see you next time. Until then, Shopify till you dropify. Thanks for listening. Access e-commerce expertise from The Cut anytime. Visit thecut.net.au and connect on Facebook and LinkedIn.